Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and we're here to discuss a variety of topics. Bullying is the big one, but right now, many people are experiencing a host of other problems. Domestic violence, workplace bullying, cyberbullying, and community and family bullying. And, you know, often when I speak with people, I discover that they seem to be having trouble with the people that are closest to them, like their parents or siblings. And, you know, the one, the people that are in their life continuously, people become angry and bitter, and they just don't realize that there's a choice that they have. And it can be just as easy to develop love, joy, peace, and patience as it is to be angry, bitter, and vengeful. Now, this podcast is designed for anyone who wants to have a fuller, more vibrant life and to offer some ideas on how to balance the physical, the mental, the emotional, and, yeah, at times, the spiritual areas of their life. But, hey, we're Anti-Bullying 101, so it's truly my hope that we can help everyone live a life without the fear of harassment, intimidation, and bullying. Well, welcome to the show, everybody, and, uh, you know, we're here to discuss a variety of topics, as I just said, and oftentimes we we do, and more times than not now, we're doing a lot of interviews, we're interviewing a lot of folks who are either involved with bullying or they have topics where they have overcome and they want to have a discussion about it. Or they've written new books on bullying that they'd like to discuss. And today, I have an old friend uh, who I interviewed, uh, I don't know, maybe a dozen years ago. And her name's Marianne Cristiano Mistretta. Uh, And we had such a great time several years ago. And she still sends me content from the work that she continues to do And a lot of it is in the area of bullying. A lot of it is in the area of self-help. And she's got a new book on on how to be extraordinary, 10 Ways to Become Your Own Hero. And that's that's available right now in Barnes & Noble. She's an international, traditionally published author. She's an award-winning journalist. She's self-employed. She's an editor, blogger, ghostwriter, and speaker. She has her own company, Pear Tree Enterprises, uh, dot com. You can go there to find her. She's got a great YouTube channel, U Y O U, unique. I'm going to uh, include the link uh, for that channel uh, in the episode description. She's award winning. She's received a medal for best speaker at Toastmasters International. And she was awarded a Toastmasters Certificate of Appreciation for Outstanding Performance and Valued Contributions to Toastmaster District 83 Annual 2019 Conference. Marianne resides in New Jersey with her husband, Dennis, and their cats, beloved cats, I might add, Nicholas Gray, Sammy Keen Clemens, and Happy Lightfoot Farrell. And her interests include meditation, metaphysics, and health, and over 50 modeling. And she enjoys all types of music. I am thrilled to bring to you this podcast with Marianne Cristiano Mistretta. Marianne, welcome back to the show. 
Oh, it's so great to be back. I, I missed you. We had so much fun that first long time ago, that first interview. Yeah, that was a while ago. That yeah. was a while ago. And it was a great interview. Um, and I think that uh, you have a lot to share and a lot to offer. And I was going through the um, interviews that I had done more recently. And I noticed that yours is still getting listens. You're Yay. still getting <laughs> listens. So that, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, what books are you working on right now? Do you, uh, you know, I just want to hear a little bit about some of the books that you got out right now. Um, the latest one is called Be Extraordinary, 10 Ways to Become Your Own Hero. And I speak a little bit on how I was bullied as a kid. But the one before that, I Don't Want to Be Like You, tells my entire story, everything I endured being physically and emotionally bullied throughout grade school, high school, and how I took charge and empowered myself and began fighting back as a junior in high school. It mm -hmm. took all that time before I got to the point where, hey, I'm gonna fight back. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up having a happy life and following my dreams, meeting an amazing man to marry and just being happy every day. Mm -hmm. A tribute to your stick-to-itiveness uh, as you and I have spoken about. And you know, a lot of kids wake up every morning and more today than ever before and i think yeah. um maybe girls even a little bit more than ever before because i have three girls myself they've been through um uh, 31 once 25 i'm going to be a grandfather by the way in a few months oh. uh and uh, i have 112 uh since i last was with you i i've gotten remarried and we have an adopted daughter from Ethiopia, Zoe. She's, she's 12. And she's a joy and a treat to have around and keeps you busy and gives you reason to get aggravated occasionally. Uh, but I noticed that sometimes kids wake up in the morning, and I've, I've noticed it with Zoe, and it's, it's kind of like not, there's something pressing or something bothering them and they don't want to go to school. They don't want to go. It's like, and it won't tell you what it is, but it's like they don't feel well or they don't want to go or I wish I didn't have to go or I wish I was off today. What's it like going to school each morning and knowing that you could get bullied, you know, in school? What, what was that like for you? It was devastating, and but for some reason, when I was young like that, I was able to turn it off on the weekends or after school, um, but today, children have to do their homework on the internet, and so they're constantly getting bullied. They're not just getting bullied in school, they're getting bullied on the internet, so it is worse. It, it's so much worse, and I thought I had it bad, but today, I must say, it, it seems like it's so much worse. Mm -hmm. It was just, like, very scary, because it's like you... It, <sighs> It was always on your mind. You couldn't concentrate on your schoolwork. Mm -hmm. And um, I just couldn't wait to escape. I couldn't wait to graduate. I didn't even go to college because of being bullied. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm not taking responsibility for not going to college. I'm just saying, um, you know, I was able to succeed without going to college. I'm not telling people don't go to college. And I'm sure things get better as time gets, goes on. Because when I was in work, my very first job, 
I was astonished that people were being nice to me. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to get bullied at work. That's how it really plays on your head. Like you just think that all people are evil and it's always going to be like this. And I want to encourage kids to say it's not always like that. In the, in the real world, as you get older and you become more confident and more empowered, it, it happens less and less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it still does happen because I've had um, people come to me and say, say things about being bullied in the workplace. And yeah, it could go on and on in many ways, but it's not as bad as when you're young and you just feel so helpless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing, I, you, you made a great point. Sometimes we think that when, we, when something happens to us at a young age, we believe that the whole world is that way. Uh, and I, I worked as a, um, my, the better part of my career, I was a vice principal uh, of high schools. And I was very jaded in terms of how kids behave. And I probably thought they were all just rotten kids, you know, uh, they're all bad every kid but there was a ton of really nice kids not everyone is a behavior problem but when you're around them all the time you think everybody's a behavior problem when you're around bullies you think everyone's going to bully you you know and you you start to uh, what i call it's kind of like you you socially kind of hide so you don't call attention to yourself and as you go through that, what makes a person stand up to bullies? What makes them stand up to it? Like, what made you stand up to the bullies? It just got to a point where, like, enough is enough. And I, I just couldn't take it anymore. And it was either, like, fight back or hurt myself, which I was not going to do because I always had a feeling deep down, like, like, you know, you see kids committing suicide, but deep down, I knew things were going to get better somehow, you know? Mm -hmm. I just had it in my gut that, I don't know, maybe I was just a very, you know, um, very smart kid for not going the suicide route, but I, I just knew things were going to get better. Mm -hmm. But it gets to the point where, like, okay, you know? <laughs> what made you feel like things gonna... were going to get better? In other words, what was the thing that were in your head you were saying... Things will get better. But what gave you the confidence that they were going to get better? Was it a teacher? Was it a parent? Was someone around you? Did someone help you out? No, nobody helped me. But I started listening to punk rock. And <laughs> I like listening, believe it or not, like listening to The Clash and the Sex Pistols. And they were just like so adamant in what they were singing about, whether like I agreed with it or not. It was just so cool because it's like, there they were just like, this is what I am and I'm going to fight for it. So I took on that attitude and um, like I started going to school and using um, an, an English accent, like imitating the Sex Pistols, but talking like that every day in school, creating a character. And a substitute teacher even asked me, are you from London? And I mm -hmm. said, Yes, I am. And um, I started talking like that. And then by taking on a different persona, I was no longer Marianne, the scumbag, the ugly dog, and all the things that these people were calling me. Um, they are calling me a space cadet because I was shy and I, I didn't want to be, you know, like the crowd. I was just like, 
very, very quiet, you know, mm -hmm. so they're like, oh, you're spacey, you're this, you're that, every single day, you know, and then other words that I'm not going to say on the show because this is a night show, but like every single constant, constant, constant. Mm -hmm. And then like when I started fighting back, I was calling them names right back and it mm -hmm. happened to back off. Mm -hmm. It really did because mm -hmm. they're like, okay, she's not going to take this garbage from us anymore. We're going to leave her alone. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting how you became another, you became a character. Yeah. You know, uh, and you know, I think kids when they're in high school, they, uh, and this is something that happened to me, so I'll share it. You know, you, you go through high school and you have these a variety of experiences you may get picked on uh, you may have fights you may be a pain in the neck teachers may not like you some kids may not like you there's all kinds of things that are going on but then when you go to college like for me when I went to college in my head when I was driving and I and was in a commuter so I went to Jersey City State as it was called back then I said one and it was almost the very first day of school I'm driving to school and I said to myself, no one here knows you. And that is what got me through. In other words, I'm going to school, nobody knows me. So in other words, so there's no teacher that knows me, there's no kids that know me, there's nobody that knows me. So I can be a different person here than I was in high school, which I thought, you know, was a, a pretty good idea, and it helped me get through the first year or two, which are tough years in, uh, in college when you first start out. So being a character is interesting. Now, I like that idea. That's really smooth, and that was a good idea. You know, it really was. And I you had know, a lot of fun while doing it, because then it got to the point where, like, it, the bullying didn't bother me anymore. It was like, okay, bullying me because I got an answer for you. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it right back to you. And it was fun. It was really fun. Mm -hmm. And I have like so many fun stories in that book where like bullying worked to my advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Me being bullied worked to my advantage. Right. Right. You learned a lot from it. And I developed a sense of humor and, mm -hmm. you know, got me through life. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's, that's, uh, that alone is a great story. What yeah, like just... I'd make up songs about the bullies, and when they came and they started saying stuff to me, I'd started singing the songs I made up about them. Like little <laughs> things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like survival skills almost. Yeah. Yeah. But in, a, but in a positive way. I mean, I wasn't hurting anyone. I, I, you know, I wouldn't go like, you know, starting trouble. I was just responding in a humorous way, which mm -hmm. was pretty cool for a 15-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great insight. No question. You know, what was worse? You know, were you ever physically bullied? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, this, like, I'm talking really bad, like, um, kids pulling your hair, um, like me being afraid to walk in certain areas because they were like the bullies. But the physical bullies, they didn't bother me as much as the name-calling bullies because the physical, like they hit you, they pull your hair out, it's done, you forget about it. But the name-calling bullies, like I don't believe that saying sticks and stones may break my bones but names will never hurt me because the names, that is, gets into your psyche and it you start believing it, mm -hmm. you know, like like mm -hmm. believing that you're these horrible names that you're ugly that you're a dog and that you're a space cadet and like even things like when i get older like they're saying like oh you're a whore I'm like 
how could a 15 year old be a whore? You know, it just, it was mm -hmm. insane. It was just so insane. Like the things people would say to you and then you stick it in your head like, oh, maybe I am a dog. Maybe I am ugly. And it stopped me from doing things that I really wanted to do. Like this is the most ultra ridiculous thought I ever had as a kid. Um, I had an opportunity to go see my favorite band Queen and I didn't want to go to the concert because I thought that they would see me and say, oh, look at that ugly person in the audience. And first of all, they can't even see you in the audience because the lights blind you. You know, you, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to be on stage seeing someone in the audience. But that was my mentality. Like, I didn't want my idols at the time to think I was an ugly kid. And mm -hmm. it's, it's so bizarre, you know, how it plays mind tricks on you. Yeah. It, it, it can, and sometimes I call that private logic. We, we, we logically draw conclusions that are wrong, mm -hmm. you know, based upon the, the information that we receive. The input from the environment causes us to draw a conclusion, and it's, nine, and it, and it's wrong. And that window of opportunity for... Uh, social and uh, emotional understanding closes around the age of five years old. So anything that's in there up to uh, at, at the age of five, in other words, if parents are tough on kids or they maybe kids are even bullied when they're little or maybe the dad drinks or maybe mom's got a hot head or whatever the case may be, maybe the kid gets slapped around, he begins already to think in his head there's something wrong with me then you send him off to school and he ends up getting bullied and things get compounded before you know what he's got other problems that he has to contend with uh, or she has other problems um how do you think kids are doing today with bullying um as i said earlier i think i think it's worse and um Things that I'm hearing today, I never heard of as um, as a kid. Like um, I had a friend who had a friend whose daughter was being bullied in school. She was pulling her eyelashes out because of her nerves. Yeah. Every single one of her eyelashes she pulled out. And it's just bad news. Like it's it is there's got to be an ending somewhere. There's got to be something we could do like to let the bullies know this is not right. This mm -hmm. is not a cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. And why are you doing it? And it's like, there's the shame that comes of being bullied, but it's actually the bullies who are the ones who are hurting inside themselves. So they're taking it out on other kids. Mm -hmm. And um, th there's got to be a way that it's taught in school that this is not okay. Mm -hmm. and make the bullies feel ashamed for what they're doing mm -hmm. like it's not the kids the ones that are being targeted that should feel like the idiot because they're being bullied it should be the bully who's, who should feel like an idiot mm -hmm. like have we not evolved it's 2022 mm -hmm. this has been going on since i was like in grade school back mm -hmm. in the 1970s mm -hmm. so that's over 50 years ago why is it still going on it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. it's you know, a good with all point. the things that we can't do in this day and age, why is bullying still okay? Because I, I think in, if, if I were to answer that question, I would just say it, it goes back to my point that I've taught 
for a long time that it's it's so intergenerational. You know, there's intergenerational problems that we all have. If I have a problem with anger, if I have a problem with my own self-esteem, what sometimes what parents do in moderation, kids will do in excess. Yeah. And often I could get my maybe I'll get angry at something as a as an adult and my I mean years ago my my daughter might see it and she might take her anger to another level. I might pick on her or have sarcastic remarks, make sarcastic remarks. They take it to the next level. And it keeps going on and on. There's an there's an intergenerational ten, um, path that it follows, and kids end up, you know, and that's why we're at the po- point that we're at right now. And and now we have, it can be done right from. In other words, kids used to get a break. They'd go home and then get a break. Now they got cell phones, internet, all kinds of stuff, where they're sharing information, you know, and they share with one another about each other and it becomes an absolute nightmare for a kid that's being bullied he can't get away from it almost you know so for things to to be we can only hope that it doesn't get worse than it is now because i mean how much worse can it get when you think about it i mean we had kids years ago there were kids years ago it, and it was an anomaly, you know, for, uh, like a kid would commit suicide. And we would all be like, oh, you know, like this whole... Now if a kid does it, all of a sudden you... F- well, he was bullied, this is what happened, and you start hearing all kinds of stories that surround it, making us understand that this kid was bullied. Like girl, like the kid in Staten Island, you know, several months ago, she was being bullied. She just walked out in front of a bus, you know, and, and, and got killed. She couldn't take it. And I think sometimes emotional pain is worse than physical pain. So you got to get rid of it all. So you just get rid of your life. And that's, and that's sometimes that's not, there's a, there's a life, every life is worth living. And, and kids don't, kids don't understand that. And I think that they live so much in the present. You were very fortunate. You lived and looked forward and said, you know what, this isn't true, you tried to get away, away from it, you understood it, and you you ended up overcoming a lot of the difficulty that went along with it. You almost need to go into schools and talk to kids and tell them this story, because it will help them. It'll help them, it really would. That, and that leads to my next question. What advice can you offer kids who are being bullied? Well, I think... Um having role models who have been bullied and um i mean you can't always go by what you read like celebrities who say they've been bullied because you don't know if it's true or not or or is their publicity person let telling them to say this so they could connect with the younger generation but um go to like real people who are successful and have been bullied so you could share your stories and let them know it, it's not always going to be this way. It does get better mm-hmm. because I think they, they're in a point where they're so hopeless. Um, and I mean, I, at the time they suggested, I went to the um, school guidance counselor and I felt, but it's not me who has the problem. Why are these bullies like constantly picking on me, zooming in on me? 
And then when you read psychology, a lot of it is jealousy. Like they say, the bullies go after the people that they want to be like. Mm-hmm. And maybe because I was quiet, maybe, um, you know, a lot of these bullies had big mouths and maybe their big mouths got them in trouble in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And maybe they secretly, gee, I wish I was a little bit more quiet like she is. Mm-hmm. So it's always something. Um, but I think if we had like more role models, um, more like shaming, like not not making the bully you know, like not bullying the bullies, what I'm trying to say, but letting them know this isn't cool. You know, you're not great for doing this, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of times like the bullies come across like they're the heroes or the popular kids. And like, it shouldn't be like you're popular because you're bullying somebody. How about somebody popular is somebody who's helping someone who's being bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. This is like many years ago when I was being bullied in, in class, I walked out of the class because I just couldn't take it anymore. And I, never, I could hear them as I'm walking out, they're all saying stuff. And this one brave girl stood up and she said, well, I don't blame her for walking out of class. If um, I was her, I'd do the same thing. How would you like it if someone constantly got on your case and called you this and called you that every single day? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was too shy to thank her, but I found her on Facebook and I took her out to lunch and I brought her a plant and I said, thank you for what you did to me did for me when we were in high school. That was so nice. Mm-hmm. So like, let's let's bring those people to the forefront and make them the heroes. Mm-hmm. Let's not just say, oh, they're popular kids. Yeah, they're popular. You know why they're popular? Because people are afraid of them. Mm-hmm. That's why they're popular. They're not doing anything great. Mm-hmm. But let's let's make this a fact. Mm-hmm. And let's not be in awe of the popular kids, the mean girls, the this and the that. Let's mm-hmm. be in awe of the people who are surviving mm-hmm. and rising above it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great point, and I'll, I'll tell you something else. You know, <clears throat> years ago, once mothers got fed up with their kids getting killed in drunken driving accidents, we ended up with mothers against drunk driving. And now, the anyone who dr- is drinking and driving, they're an outlier. Drinking, it's out. You don't do it. Um, smoking, you're an outlier. You know, um... Uh, racist talk you're an outlier and the same thing has to come from um, the, the bullying behavior the bullying the bully has to get positioned where he's on the outside looking in and everyone is kind of like you know, they don't want to be around him they want to disassociate from him or her disassociate from them so that they don't end up you know uh what the problem was years ago was uh if it's kind of like show me your friends and i'll show you who you are people don't want that association anymore so what you're saying makes a lot of sense and other people need to hear it hopefully through this podcast and so on they'll hear this and I, I think you would do great to share that, that, that just some of that advice in school because I think kids need to hear it as well from you as a survivor who really overcame and became a success story uh, and a role model for young girls. So I think that's, that's got to be your next move. 
Um, yeah, I, and I would like invite any um, people affiliated with schools to reach out to me mm -hmm. because um, I have tried going that route and it is hard getting through the gatekeepers of these schools. And I don't know what they're looking for, but it, it, it was a hard process. So I kind of skipped over that route. Mm -hmm. And instead I went more to libraries and um, you know, signed autographs for kids who at libraries who are being bullied in mm -hmm. schools. So I, I did the whole library thing, but I would love to get into schools mm -hmm. because not only am I an author, I'm also a motivational speaker. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have helped people. Mm -hmm. Like the girl I told you that, um, her all her eyelashes were pulled out she ended up becoming friends with the girl who bullied her mm -hmm. you know because I, I gave her my book i let her read my book and then it had a happy ending so mm -hmm. you know that's mm -hmm. like one little life i've touched there but you know you could we all work together and we could touch many lives and mm -hmm. you know make make the difference like support the kids that are being bullied tell them you know you have a lot to offer this world mm -hmm. because when you're bullied you're you're bullied because you're different and different people they're the ones that make the changes yeah well bullying there's only two reasons why people get bullied weakness and difference uh and bullies are that's like radar they pick up on those kids uh but there's nothing wrong with being weak and there's nothing wrong with being different but you know when you take a bully they see that as an opportunity uh and um sometimes as what happened with you uh, the bully can get surprised based upon the weakness or difference. And, and that's what we want to see happen to people who are rude, discourteous, disrespectful, unkind, and certainly do not manifest any of the positive fruits of any personality or any spirit that they could possibly have. So that's what we're after. And I think you're doing a great job to try and help others uh, overcome. Um, Share some of your uh, information with the listeners. In other words, where can they find you? Uh, where, in your newsletter. Uh, share as much information as you need right now in terms of your website and so on. So everyone has that. Okay, my website is pear tree, like a partridge in a pear tree, peartreeenterprises.com. And that's where you can find all the links to my books and everything. And um, not to be pretentious, but my name is here. If you Google my name, everything just pops right up. Mm -hmm. um, but, but my website, you know, does have the link to my YouTube channel and everything else. YouTube channel is called um, Be Unique with you spelled, unique spelled Y-O-U, like you, you're the individual, you're unique. So it's a celebration of everyone who's watching. Mm -hmm. um, and, and um, you know, the books are in Barnes & Noble stores. Um, be Extraordinary, 10 Ways to Become Your Own Hero can be found in Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. And I Don't Want to Be Like You is in Barnes & Noble and on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. My name's Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. We have just spent some time with Marianne Cristiano Mistretta, author, speaker, uh, award-winning uh, a uh, person who has done a lot of work in the area of anti-bullying, and I am thrilled to have you uh, on the show. I, I think this was great. I'm so glad I reached out to you and found you again, uh, and I, hopefully we can do this uh, again sometime. Maybe I could um, be with you, and, and, and you could interview me or, or something like that, but as it is right now, you did a super job. Thank you so much for being on the show. 
please do not leave after I stop the recording, okay? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Marianne, for being with us. I appreciate it so much.